Welcome everyone to this week's Pardon the Disruption. We are excited that you are tuning in. Mr. Disruptor, Steve Trang over here. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I am being personally attacked on PTD. Please subscribe so defend my name because I am being assaulted verbally. Angry RJ Bates III today. Potter chose violence in the group chat before. <laughs> I don't understand why. Mr. Question Mark over there, CJ. If you want to be Michael Jordan, you want to be legendary, man, come to the U, man. What's this? <laughs> yeah. Leon, do not forget the G Barnes. I heard that we had rules on this show. Since when? Is that new show, new year? We have rules now? I'm excited for this. Leon, you need to, you need to read the dynasty. I actually have. Been, I, you need to read it again and actually try to call it. <laughs> yeah. Do not listen to RJ. It is not Please, please do not listen to RJ. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. Thank you for uh, joining us here on Pardon the Disruption. <laughs> Welcome everyone to this week's Pardon the Disruption. Slightly different panel this week. Same shenanigans though. I'm your host, Matthew Potter. Wanted to go ahead and show you our rules around here. Here's our lovely infographic. Five questions. Everybody will get one minute to go ahead and respond, then two minutes to chop it up. Points awarded during that process. Favoritism will be in play today, so make sure that you find out who Potter's favorite is today. We're going to start off with introductions. Richmond VA, the one and only Chris Jefferson. CJ, say hi to the people. Hi to the people. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I'm excited. I'm, I'm mostly excited RJ's not here, man. I'm actually ecstatic. <laughs> Um, the last time I've been this happy, I'm not sure. Um, so super, super excited today. Happy to be here. It's good to see everybody, man. Absolutely. Uh, point to CJ on the intro right there. That's that's outstanding. Next up, Mr. Disruptor himself, Steve Trang. Say hi to the people. What's going on, everybody? Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors, Close More Sales. I'm really excited to be here today. We got CJ. Uh, he's the reason why we're late, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, Leon is making 50, the new 40. So happy birthday, Leon. Uh, and then we have the brains behind Titanium on the show today. So like, I'm actually looking forward to having an intellectual conversation versus just a bashing conversation. This is going to be great. Yes. Uh, very Ramsey from uh, RJ. It's RJ the Ram. Uh, that's actually his new nickname. All right. Next up, we have Leon. Do not forget the G Barnes. Fresh off of birthday week, say hi to the people. <laughs> birthday week, my goodness. I'm too old to say birthday weeks or birthday months. <laughs> I had a birthday. Super excited about that. Another year older, another year wiser, and my Chiefs, another championship. So I think I had a, a, pretty, a pretty good week. And CJ, I love how even kill you are, my friend. If that's happy, I'd hate to see sad from you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. And then in, in a special guest role, we have the real brains behind Titanium. We have Cassie DeHaas. Say hi to the people. Hey, people. Cassie DeHaas, Forward Texas. And I am an agent investor, better known as the brains of the operation of Titanium. My uh, amazing partner is on a hockey tournament venture to today. So happy to be here and uh, shout out to PTD for having a female on. At, absolutely. We, we are happy <laughs> that you are the first one and let it be known. Let's get it on the record. Hockey still somehow made it into PTD without RJ Bates being here. 
Good, jo- good job, Cassie. All right, we're going to get into it with question number one. Look forward to this one. According to Redfin, investors bought 26% of what is considered affordable homes in Q4 of 2023. Do you think regulations on the properties investors buy make housing more affordable? Start us off, CJ. <laughs> uh, well, look, let's first say that this isn't, this isn't a fault to investors, right? Investors buy investments. Housing is a phenomenally great investment because of demand. So this isn't a investor problem, right? This is a, a problem that we've created ourselves. And, and ultimately, kind of how I see it is this, right? Would regulations help? I don't know if it's regulation. I think it's really subsidy. All right. I'm an investor. I've, I don't know. I don't identify anymore as an investor. I invest in real estate. Let me say that. Right. I invest in real estate and in my real estate investments. All right. Uh, I'm going to do what the market lets me do. I want to make as much money from the market. So if I got to pay an exorbitant amount for a house, then I got to sell it for an exorbitant amount so I can actually make money and make a return on that investment. I think the only fix here. I don't know if it's regulation per se, but if there was subsidy, we're printing money and we're sending it all over the world all the time. If we could get some money down to, uh, you know, middle America, like myself, I'm not, I'm not high end America, right? Like uh, upper class, like some of these folks on the panel, but shout out to them. If we could get some money down to middle America, folks like myself uh, to make investing and providing affordable housing a little bit easier and we could still make a reasonable return on our investment. Uh, I think that's what's needed, not necessarily regulation. There we go. Some insightful insight from Chris Jefferson, CJ there. All right, Steve, what about you? What are your thoughts on this? Um, If Chris is middle America, then we have officially (laughs) finished the job of making America great again, right? (laughs) Like mission freaking accomplished if Chris is middle America. Um, So, I don't think regulations is what needs to be done. I think my message has been pretty consistent. Do nothing, right? Like when they printed money, interest rates went all the way down and then they made some changes and the interest rates went all the way up. If they would just stop messing with the levers and pushing the levers or pulling them or doing whatever and just let the market do what the market does. The reason why housing is unaffordable is because we slam interest rates down by printing money, causing housing to go up. And then once the money houses are going up, it's like, hey, let's make it unaffordable. Let's jack up interest rates. So the reason why affordable housing is gone is because the government intentionally, well, not intentionally, stupidly made housing unaffordable. So I would say do nothing and let's see how things work out. There we go. I would just like to note for, you know, 84 weeks in a row, Steve has just flat out said the government needs to do nothing and the problem will resolve itself. I love it. I do. Leon, your face, your face during uh, CJ and Steve's answers. I'm ready for you. What you got on this one? (laughs) Well, uh, Steve's answer is let it do what it do. Uh, And Chris's answer was eight minutes long. I'm surprised you didn't shut him down. Um, Working on the buzzer right both, now. <laughs> both were good answers. Um, and I feel like if I said yes to regulations, somewhere in Hockey USA, RJ is going to find me down. <laughs> so I can't say yes to any regulations, nor in this great country of ours should we continue with additional regulations. If it's proven anything um, over the last few years, especially as we've been talking on this show, 
it seems like more government involvement continues to make this country worse. Um, so the one thing I know about investors that no matter what regulation that you put forth, we're always going to find the opportunity that comes our way. We're going to take what the defense gives us. I'll give you a perfect example, the 90 day flip rule. There are always ways around the 90 day flip rule that was what was that implemented uh, six years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was implemented. Right. We as investors will find ways around those regulations. So why do we keep putting them on people? doesn't make sense. There we go. The workaround. Uh, I like that. I, I definitely like that insight right there, Leon. All right, Cassie, what are your thoughts on this? So I can agree with everyone's answer. However, like I also think that like the regulations on the investors, like Leon said, they're going to find a way around it. But to that point, even if you regulate the investors and they don't find a way around it, sellers are still going to do what investors are going to do. They're going to get the most for their house no matter what, right? So like to me, what if government involvement is involved, what like people can do is zoning. Like you can change the zoning. You can make, you know, more apartments. You can make you know, certain land available to build apartments, you can, you know, legalize additional units um, and stop building, you know, like these cookie cutter homes with these crazy HOAs. And, you know, it's just like, you can create more affordable housing in and around cities that make it very reasonable. Um, and I just don't think that like regulating investors is going to change it because it's not going to move the needle that much financially in the market for buyers and sellers. So, I mean, I think what makes it more difficult for first time home buyers is not that a hedge fund is coming in and paying more than what they're willing to pay because the seller's still going to make that choice. They're going to get the most they can for their house and there's still a demand issue. So, I think that if government does anything, they should just make more availability to build affordable housing. Cassie brings up a great point there. CJ and I have been on this. Um, we're the only ones on this, CJ, so I'll give us credit and pat ourselves on the back for this one. If you're going to have you know, impact, it's local government. And yeah. what Cassie brings up is a great point, that if you wanna get government involved, Government should be involved at the local level with zoning, making opportunities for builders to build more affordable homes. That is the biggest impact, the quickest change that can happen. But that doesn't happen at a federal level. You can absolutely ask for federal funds to offset, but the real impact happens at the local level. That, that You want to talk about regulation and doing something? That's the difference. That's It's not regulations of stopping investors make change through zoning make change through local government yeah, yeah. we've got a, a we've been talking about this for sure i mean look we've we i agree with that we've got a significant zoning problem in america uh texas is actually one of the few states that's getting it right uh you could you can go into texas and you can you can basically just build whatever that's because um, they just huge <laughs> right they got a lot of land but the problem is i think about where i'm at like in richmond va you know, we, we've got properties here downtown in the city that, that have sizable foot yard footprints where other properties could fit on those. They just can't exist because of zoning yep. uh, or, or pieces of land that people could or lots rather that people could buy. But houses can't exist there because of zoning. But that's still going to create affordability issue, unfortunately. Right. Because 
then that land, once it's zoned correctly, is just going to go for a market price. And it's going to go to somebody who's got to build and sell something on it at a market price. Right. So we still go back to the problem of, look, if I got to buy something at a higher price as an investor, I got to sell it for the most money possible to make a return. The only thing that's ever going to help me with that is a government subsidy. Right. There has to be some form of tax credit. There has to be some form of a credit that allows me to be able to do that. I've done a lot of historic tax credit investing. You can only invest in some of these historical properties, given how much repairs they need, because I know that I'm getting a tax credit back for 25, 50 percent of what it costs me to invest in it. So that's one problem. Then I'm about to be done, Leon. So then the other problem is, (laughs) you know, I hear these conversations a lot about government intervention and how we don't want the government to intercede and all these different things. But how how we have how have we gotten so blind to that's what's going to happen? Right. Ultimately, we're like on this like direct path towards socialism. And it's the it's the buzzword for the last 10 years that everybody wants to avoid. But but ultimately, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, when people can't afford to live, the only people that will be able to help them, because I'm not going to get money out of my pocket. Cassie and RJ aren't going to get money out of their pocket. Steve's not going to get money out of his pocket. Leon's not going to get money out of his pocket. Maybe Potter. Of course. So how are people going to be able to live other than the government providing these things to them? Which is taking money out of CJ's pocket. So um, I might not still be here by then. <laughs> right. All right. I might be somewhere else, bro. I might be, I might be doing. I might be pulling China moves in another country invading. But, but <laughs> I think I think your point though, right, of, of uh, changing the zoning, right? What Cassie was mentioning earlier and buying properties, and you look at Virginia, right, where it's regulation heavy, right? There's a lot of red tape. I do believe if you were able to change a zoning and put more properties in the same footprint, that's increasing supply. That will decrease the 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 uh, the cost to move into the home, right? So that will create more affordable housing. So yes, it's going to cost more, right? The land will be worth more. It's going to cost more to do so. But but the fact that you're putting multiple uh, homes into the same piece of dirt will naturally bring uh, pricing down or affordability to be more affordable. Great point. To to your point earlier, CJ, every city, I I can tell you from the example here in Tampa, uh, affordability is a major issue here, as you've had in the last four years, a ton of new people moving here. It's been a top three uh, relocation city over the last four years. The government, the local city, the local county, they own a ton of land that isn't, you know, up for sale. It could go to, if you want to set regulations on properties, set regulations on who can bid on that to to build affordable homes. Again, going back to local governments, if you want to make impact, the local governments reach out to federal for federal funding, then it trickles down to local governments. To me, that's the answer to any time I hear this ridiculousness about uh, we got to have more regulations because investors ultimately are keeping these communities moving when it comes to building and making properties again uh, livable. Make yeah, and you're gonna yeah. and you're gonna have you're gonna have people you know in Richmond say let's make houses affordable let's let's <laughs> let's bring let's make let's make housing cheaper, but not in my backyard. They're not gonna have it in CJ's backyard. CJ's CJ's gonna pull a Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I care about the little people as long as I don't have to see. Did, did well, you just, I don't know. If, I don't know if you could talk about that where I live at, but here's, here's <laughs> I don't think they're going to let you do that. But, 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 but look, ultimately, man, you know, it's, it's, this is a real problem that we got to, you know, somehow figure out. 
I, I love the conversation though about zoning and I do agree with you, what you said, Steve, right. I do think that could alleviate, you know, some form of pressure um, and get out and vote locally, man. I mean, to Leon's point, like, I, I hate hearing how people don't go vote locally. It's always the smallest elections that take place. It should be the other way around, man. People should be focused on voting as hard as possible locally. If you're going to vote. Yeah. Kind of like the T Detroit Land Bank, you know, like there can be like a, a program where investors can buy, you know, houses and at an affor a incredibly affordable rate, but they have X amount of time to get them in livable condition. Right. Yep. So there can be programs like that, um, you know, that are included with these rezoning things that make it to where it's like, yeah, you can get it at this rate. Like it doesn't have to be just a tax break. You know, there's just all kinds of options. And I think that that really is the answer because regulating investors when you need investors or making it like less affordable for them to do what we do. It's just, it's not, it's not going to get you to the end result that you want. There you yeah. Go. And I'll just real, real quick. The only reason why I'm saying about the, the government screwing things up is because we're talking about 26%. The 26% is a number that's inflated because housing is unaffordable because of interest rates, right? Like that's the only reason why it's 26%. If you look at the previous years, it was 10 to 15%. So it's not that uh, investors are buying more, it's that people that want to buy homes for themselves are buying less. Yep. So it's just something to consider. There we go. I like how Steve just chimed in with the absolute grand slam right there at the end. That's good. And also thank you for revealing on the air that uh, CJ subscribes to the NIMBY uh, not in my backyard over there. We, we, we all know it. We, we appreciate that one. CJ has got three gates. Middle, middle America, gates. baby. Middle America. All right. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers revealed that they, are, uh, they were unaware of the overtime rules that proved pivotal when the Super Bowl uh, game went to overtime, and they inevitably lost. When has there been a time that not knowing the rules cost you in business? Why don't you start us off, Steve? So I've mentioned before, if you're not getting sued, you're doing it. You're not doing a business, right? So I'm an expert at tortious interference. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I an expert at tortious interference? Well, I didn't know that you had to confirm in writing that a listing agreement is canceled before you buy the house from the homeowner, right? It was active, active in the MLS. There's a sign in the yard. I talked to the guy. It's like, hey, uh, there's a sign in the yard. Is this an, it's active in MLS. What's going on? And they said, well, we already canceled the listing. The realtor agreed to it. And they're just really slow and unresponsive. I was like, that makes total sense to me. Let's sign this contract. Let's close. Day we close, we take the key out of the lockbox. We get a very angry phone call from the realtor. Why'd you mess with my listing? So good news. I spent $18,000 in attorney's fees to win a $14,000 lawsuit. So I won, <laughs> right? It's always worth an expert, it. And I became an expert in tortious interference. So not knowing the rules, that's how it hurt me. We're very pleased to find out that Steve now understands this at a high level and won the lawsuit. Lost the dollar lawsuit, but won. All right, what, what about you, Leon? I know you guys make fun of me because I'm the informed panelist, but there's a reason yes. for it. There were a few times uh, in, in probably elementary school where I would simply, my excuse would be, well, I didn't know that. And as I got older, 
that excuse that worked in the third grade stopped working as I continued to teach and, and uh, get into smarter classes. And I realized that it's my job to, to be informed. It's my job to know, especially my profession. Can't say that I'm perfect because there are regulations, going back to question one, and rules that are always evolving and changing. But I make it a habit, especially for my profession, to understand them all. And if I don't, to Steve's credit on that last, his answer, if I do make a mistake, I become an expert at making sure that that never happens again. I'll give you one simple one. And usually that's what they are. It's just a, a smack of the hand. They're not generally a win like Steve had. Uh, generally, it's something very simple, like that 90 day flip rule that I was talking about in the first answer. Well, that is from deed. Uh, the day that the deed uh, is assigned at the courthouse, right? Not the day that you close on the property. So if paperwork is behind, losing money is very simple to do because it's 90 days from when the deed was filed, not 90 days from your close. So there's a couple of times where we had two week or three week extensions because courthouse was slow with paperwork, especially during COVID. So those are the type of things that Little things make a big difference. That's a really good point. Um, seen that time and time again. Been on it, you know, over here doing the real estate thing. We run into that sometimes. We got to get to day 91. So seen that time and time again. What about you, Cassie? What are your thoughts? So I actually don't have a lot of examples of this because I'm a little bit like Leon and like I try to figure out all of the rules. So the best one for me I can think of is that um we on our very first subject to property like we didn't really know how important it was to really really read that initial title commitment and uh yeah that caused us thirty thousand dollars because they had a second lien on there and we just completely missed it and so we learned a $30,000 lesson. Luckily it was a, a fat property and like we held it for many years, but um, I would just say that like, it's just one of those things. Like if you're out there, you know, you can't always know the rules for every single thing and not miss stuff. You're going to mess up. You know, the only other example I can even think of is not knowing the paperwork to file an eviction the first time and it costing us a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? But um, it, it, I try to encourage everybody to be extremely informed, extremely educated, never stop learning because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to miss stuff. And like we have, like all of us here have, if you're going to get anywhere in business, you're going to do it. But you know, we, we really try to stay ahead of it or surround ourselves with people that, that do know. And that was like, I think our big mistake on, uh, on that very first sub two, we were, we were doing that solo flying by the seat of our pants studying, you know? So it's about the best example I have, how it costs us in business. There you go. Now, you, now you guys clearly have seen that Cassie is the brains behind the operation. Yeah, <laughs> uh, obviously. All right, CJ, what about you? What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, uh, man, um, there was a time in a past life where, you know, I had a sales team, big sales team, and, uh, you know, I was, like, really in it a lot, 
and uh, we were pushing really hard, had a bunch of people that uh, were doing a good job. And so I said to myself one day, man, you know who probably would be like really good at sales? Like, let me find someone who's 18, like no kids, living at home, no obligations, like just ready to grind. So I went and got like a bunch of people who were like 18 years old and uh, they started working for me. Well, not let me, let me rephrase, not working for me, working with, all right, in, uh, in sales. And so, uh, but then I realized I didn't like them. Um, I, you know, I, 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 realized, I realized I didn't like them and, uh, they just had too much, you know, young people stuff going on. I'm 37 Potter, so I could talk like this now. I realized they got, you know, all this young people stuff going on and I try to get rid of, uh, a couple of them. And then I end up getting sued, uh, by the Virginia state unemployment commission. Um, and they, you know, I, I got to hire an attorney. Right, Steve knows this is you know pretty expensive stuff. They they take me into like a real court, like at the unemployment commission building, which is a couple blocks from here, and uh, they tell me that I, I'm you know illegally got people working, uh, and I'm like, well, like what are you talking about, man? Like, you know, it's an independent contractor, ten ninety nine, right? You know, the favorite buzzword for entrepreneurs, and they go on to explain to me how I'm giving them a, a, a time that they got to be at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and all these, we got, they got meetings they can't miss, uh, and all these different things. I'm not going to say what the fine was. Um, but it, it was enough that we haven't done it again. Uh, <laughs> we haven't, we haven't, we haven't made that mistake, uh, ever since, man. So shout out to Virginia, uh, <laughs> you know, and everybody down there. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty rough for a little bit. It's a lot of lessons to be learned, uh, from these answers, right? Like, this business that everyone that is watching this uh, wants to get into or is just getting into, um, we always say it's not easy. And there's a lot that you have to know. And this is especially why Steve knows that we talk about this is going deeper versus wider. Uh, Cassie and RJ are the only ones I know that um, are that are able to operate in 50 states and is crazy enough to operate in 50 states with all those different regulations that if you're getting into this business, especially if you start to hire and you start to scale, number one, have a mentor. Number two, understand what you're getting yourself into. Because some of these examples that we gave are just minor ones. These aren't even the major ones that we gave you. Um, so whether you've been in this business for, for one year or 10 years, uh, this is something that you need to take uh, heed to. Because I know we've had members before, Steve and I have had this conversation, we've had members before that had 50, 60, 100 1099s that the IRS figured it out eventually and came down and uh, we're talking seven figure fines here. So there's some big money involved in some of these things. So knowing the rules, uh, as GI Joe used to say, is half the battle. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, shout out to Pizza Hut on that one because from from day one, <laughs> RJ literally was like, "No, this is really serious." Like our first hire. Uh, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, they're going to pay attention to our little bitty business, you know? And he's like, like, he was adamant on those rules, like, when we were hiring people at first. So, shout out to Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah, I was saying. Corporate um, with you there. Corporate helps with you. You sit in a, a few depositions because of, of issues with employment. Uh, you, you'll re- you realize how important it is to know uh, your local governments, going back to local government, knowing your state and your local government regulations. 
I appreciate learning today from Leon about the 90 day flip rule starting when the D's recorded. I always just assume it was from close of escrow and Cassie talking about the importance of a title commitment. And I wonder what percentage of people watching this are actually reviewing title commitments. Mm. Um, but you know, title commitment is one of those boring documents you get from the title company that behooves you at some point to understand what's actually on those documents. And then, um, can we all just talk about how awful that decision was by the Niners? Like they <laughs> wanted to receive the chiefs wanted to kick. Um, I don't have a FanDuel account. I'm opposed to sports gambling, but if I could have the moment the Niners picked to receive the ball, if I could just bet my house <laughs> on that game, I would have done it. It was to give Patty Mahomes four downs. The rest of the game is Ooh. absolutely Did you see insane. When he couldn't believe it, they slowed it down and they <laughs> he showed his face and he's like, "Really?" <laughs> he you, couldn't believe it. You want the ball, really? Oh, and the response to it, Shanahan's response to it. I'm like, that was the weakest damn thing I've ever heard. This is the damn Super Bowl, yeah. bro. Like, get yeah. your shit together. Like, what are you talking about? Eric, Eric Brewer and I talk about this all the time. Coaching and organizations matter. They just mm -hmm. do. The Chiefs were talking about how they've been talking about overtime for two weeks. If it were to happen, this is what we would do. Coaching and organization, culturally especially, it matters. Yeah, that's why I like I love Belichick, right? Because yep. there was never a detail that his team was not prepared for, right? Like one of uh, my buddies was the left tackle uh, for the Cardinals. He played for Danny Green. He played for Bill Belichick. And he was like, the coaching was night and day different, right? Like Belichick didn't care about anything if you knew your job, your role, and you're the guy you're guarding or playing against his three favorite moves. If you knew that guy's three favorite moves and your deal, he left you alone, right? You just had to know how to play the game. That was it. Yeah, 49ers, you know, picking to receive an overtime of the Super Bowl. Um, it was just kind of sad to watch. They got Fred Warner at midfield. Clearly, he doesn't know what's going on. He's supposed to be team <laughs> captain, best player on the team. He's, he, he's not even an offensive player, man. He's out here talking about he wants to receive the ball. Patty Mahomes is sitting there like, all right, yeah, it's a wrap. Um, to what we were talking about, though, one of the biggest things I think Leon said, IRS, I've seen a lot of people taken out in, in business over 14 years from the IRS. Uh, man, figure your tax stuff out. Get a bookkeeper as quickly and fast as possible. Uh, pay your taxes. Uh, don't practice tax avoidance. All right. Practice <laughs> tax deferment. All right. Uh, Preparation. <laughs> deferment. It's a key word there. It's a key word. All right. Shout Chris out is Trump. sounding Chris is sounding like one of those old timers from shout, you know. <laughs> shout out to Trump, man. Shout the deferment. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh but no man in all seriousness people for whatever reason man a lot of people do not myself included when i started by the way do not take taxes serious and accounting serious uh and it's critically important to your success there you go well not only that but like even like we hired somebody you know immediately and then we had switched and i i swear to you like we had a guy for like three years or longer, maybe just completely screw up our taxes. 
So it's just one of those things is like, even whenever you outsource it to somebody, like you still have to know enough to make sure you're, you're exactly what, you know, you're filed correctly, everything's in order, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's also, it, it can be such a huge burden, you know, like it's so time consuming, et cetera. And like, you've got to make sure who you're hiring for that is, you know, doing their job correctly, you know? Find yourself a great CPA is great advice and you will, you cannot overpay them because if you hire the cheap one, just know you will hire the great one and make up for all of that money that you <laughs> that hire the great one. That's how I have my current CPA. Man. Leon with the absolute golden nugget to finish that round right there. He's not wrong. And also remember your CPA's fees are, are a tax write-off, so it's not the end of the world, guys. Like, just pay the money and be in a good spot. Pay now or definitely pay later. <laughs> that's right. All right. That's too, that's too real, man. There, there right. we go. We are going to get into our viral video of the week. Here it is. Check it out. After the fumble, comes over to Andy and goes, keep me in. What happened is on the fumble, he was not in the game. Noah Gray went in, and he had to block all right, you guys, what do we make of that exchange? Start us off, Leon, as the reigning Chiefs, uh, you know, uh, panelist over here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so growing up in Kansas City, been a fan since I was seven, seven years old, so 1983, 84. Um, I have seen a lot of games where there was no passion uh, in red. I can tell you that for <laughs> sure. Um, I can also say that uh, Travis... Uh, even his brother said he crossed the line, which he did. But Steve knows this. I'm a different player on the court than I am in person. Um, when we get at the highest level or even just competing as, as A-type personality, sometimes we cross the line. And we don't mean to. Um, but I can tell you this. What I saw, what I, the lesson I learned from that is that when you build proper trust – within an organization, true trust, not fake rapport, true trust. If you make the apology and the, uh, the person that uh, you offended, or in this particular case, almost knocked over, uh, they understand that it's within passion and that it's all about that you were trying to, to win. And to me, it showed the true trust and the bond that Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey have built and with a true apology, it can all be water under the bridge, especially when you're holding that Lombardi. There you go. All right, Cassie, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so basically that video is me and RJ once about every hour to an hour and a half. So <laughs> like, I mean, it ain't even a thing to me. <laughs> no, like I, I, I want to like, I'd like RJ and I like our very very passionate about our business when we say something we mean something we're high level people like you know i don't i also played five competitive sports like when when you have the adrenaline you're in the super bowl you're losing like i was more offended by travis kelsey's singing at the end <laughs> of the game than i was that i think he just kind of took andrew off guard a little bit there like he he wasn't in the periphery there and that was why i looked a little bit more dramatic than it was 
Um, but like, I really don't fault him. Not only that, but like, nobody's talking about the fact that he apologized for kind of stepping over the line. Like he didn't mean to come in quite that hot, but he was running hot. You're in the Super Bowl, And like, nobody's talking about that. They're just trying to talk about like how this big buffoon came up on a 65 year old dude, like in a Super Bowl. And to Leon's point, like they have a bond, they have trust, like, like RJ and I be yelling at each other and other people are looking at us and we're like we're just talking so i mean i get it <laughs> like i don't really hate on that but yeah it can be kind of a bad look but people dramatize things there you go all right what about what about you cj what are your thoughts yeah shout out to the chiefs man uh we can't make this a big deal all right uh first and foremost man kelsey came in a little hot was he wrong for that sure uh Andy Reid's lateral foot speed isn't the best. <laughs> all right. Uh it was a it was a it was an accidental bump. All right, not an intended, you know, Andy just put a little, you know, he just put a little old man on it. Uh but nah man, I mean, look, it's the Super Bowl. These guys didn't have a great start to the season. Uh they really rallied the second half of the year. We're down uh at the time this happened. Uh Fumble just occurred. Kelsey felt like he should be in the game. I mean, look, if you don't got somebody on your team or that you're locked in arms with doing business with, that doesn't have some fire and passion about behind your outcome and, and what's going to happen for you all, especially right. in a moment that big, uh, you shouldn't even want him on your team. Uh, I love how they handled it post uh, game. Uh, I love how Kelsey just jumped out, got on top of it ASAP. I love how Andy Reid backed him up on it. I think to Leon's point, it shows the level of trust and relationship that these guys got there. Um, I, so I, I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. All right. Another vote for no big deal. All right, Steve, what about you? What are your thoughts? Um, in the words of our friend Stratton, oh, give boy. me Kelsey or give me death. Right? <laughs> Right. Like I'm all about that. I will follow that guy. We had that conversation a few weeks ago about Patty Mahomes, like losing his mind. Right. Like, yeah, he's fired up. It's the, the game is on a line. It's a big freaking game. So, you know, we watch these movies like Braveheart where William Wallace is up there and screaming like a madman and we're inspired. Right. We're like I will follow that guy in the battle. We got Kelsey over here furious that he's not in the game on a critical play where he probably believes that if he was the blocker, his guy wouldn't have gotten tackled and fumbled the ball, right? It's like, why am I not in the game? I am a pro bowler. I'm one of the best players on the team. I should be in the game to protect our running back so he gets in the end zone. So I am totally all for his passion. Did he go over the top? Sure, whatever. Uh, we've mentioned a couple of weeks ago to Leon's uh, surprise how you know I can get a little passionate and sometimes some other people are called into the situation. Um, so... Uh, in basketball, this has happened to me multiple times playing pickup basketball where I'm playing with my best friend and we're yelling at each other like this. And they're like, you guys are friends. Like, yeah, but we have that trust like Leon's talking about. We can call each other out. Why didn't you switch? Why didn't you guard your guy? Why would you let him do that? And I'll end it with this last thing here. Uh, everyone's giving Kelsey grief about this, but there is also footage of Andy Reid doing the same exact thing to Travis Kelsey in a game earlier in the season. No one seems to care about that one. It uh, it reminds me of, I think, the book, Adam Carolla wrote a book called The Wussification of America. And it's just, we look for these things like this, 
that are much to do about nothing and we try to make them into to major ordeals you know everything about that obviously was crossing the line at the same time they play a sport where all they do is hit people <laughs> i was gonna say how is it crossing the line like he didn't shove him yeah, he, he didn't was choke slamming he was he grabbed his arm it didn't even look like his arm moved like i don't really necessarily think it's over the line i think that like you play comp competitive sports like my coaches would sit on the sidelines when i'm in a basketball game stomping heel marks into the ground into the court like screaming at the top of their lungs like on what on what sport did you ever play that yelling is not a part of it because that's got a golf <laughs> i mean that's the only sport i played open. where there was no yelling I think some of this comes from where they're trying to make a deal. If, if I could look into this a little bit where they're trying to make this more than what it is, is you've, there, there is precedent set for players choking coaches. Latrell's pretty well in the 90s, right? That's a misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are situations where LeBron – uh, did he not bump uh, Spolstra in the, in the finals? Uh, you know, there are, there's, there's always, and it seems like most of it has been in the NBA uh, in the past, but it, it's, is it more than just a trust friendly bump? And, and that's, that's the issue I have with this is why are we trying to make more of out of this than what it truly is? Yeah, I mean, on this one, it's just it does like that's just the nature I think of like the world as it is right now, like social media, like everybody, like you said, Leon, is always looking for how to make somebody out to be like a piece of shit because they have money, they have stardom, they have talent. Like everybody's trying to always find a way to bring somebody down another notch in their book. Well, you know? so you know, um, I remember I was I, I was going through Hero's journey with Darren Hardy, and he talks about the challenge when things are good, when things are good, we have to find the tiniest things to complain about, right? Like the rest of the world is complaining about potentially not complaining about worried about where the next meal is going to come from, whether my water is clean, right? Am I going to have electricity, right? They're worried about real world stuff. We're over here living the high life in America. So we have to find things to upset, get upset about. Well, what is the and classic? What, what is the classic line? It goes along the lines of uh, "haters always come from behind you, never ahead of you." Yeah. You well, know? I think I'm I'm way more offended by the fact that the 49ers' excuse for losing the Super Bowl was they didn't know the rules. That's way more <laughs> offensive to me. You don't belong in the Super but, Bowl if you're if that's your comeback. There, there <laughs> we so when go. CJ is so when CJ is attacking me, are we saying he's a hater attacking from behind? <laughs> <laughs> Can you clarify for that me? Please nah, that might be hey, fair, man. Shout out to all my fellow Swifties and haters, man. Well, I was say, <laughs> the only way to know is you guys got to shout out to both bank bank accounts. Nah, shout out uh, to Train Holdings, man. <laughs> I love I love that the Swifties and Train Holdings both made it in, courtesy of CJ. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. All right. We're gonna get into question number four. Uh rolling with sports here. Like the all-star game happening this weekend, what event would you like to see added to the all-star game? Why don't you start us off, Cassie? Um 
I definitely think having the Closers Olympics and RJ getting his fourth belt would be really cool. <laughs> um, I mean, I brought up hockey. Yeah, well, there it is. <laughs> no, I really like the idea of uh, like a trick shot contest, not necessarily Globetrotter style, but like I think it's it speaks to like what it takes to be a professional athlete, like all of the skills that like people don't actually pay attribute to um that these people have to go out there and work every stinking day of their lives to be able to do and like a lot of those things are not featured you know in the normal nba uh and i think it would just be cool for people to be kind of highlighting uh some of their different like wacky things that they can do in basketball in that kind of competition so i say uh a trick shot there you go trick shots playing a little horse in the uh all-star game here <laughs> <laughs> all right what about you cj what are your thoughts <laughs> nah horse sounds crazy um <laughs> i would i would say for sure an actual dunk contest i know there's a dunk contest <laughs> that exists um but this you know this jumping over cars superman capes and props all the time I, I wish we could get back to the essence of the dunk contest. There was a moment in time where Saturday night all-star weekend was the pinnacle of the NBA season. The best of the best performed for fans. Now these guys don't even participate. They're scared about getting hurt. Uh, somehow we've, this is the, this is where basketball in America is at. Now the most exciting thing now about the all-star weekend is the three point contest. Uh, you know, I wish we could get back to where the greats uh, participated in uh, in the slam dunk contest. Like, is it not sad that LeBron's never been in the slam dunk contest? Mm. You know, uh, so that that's that would be what I would add. There we go. Take us back to Vince Sanity. Let's go. Uh, Classic. All right, Steve. What about you? Uh, just to add to Chris's point, I mean, that just goes to show you why LeBron sucks, right? Like, he'll never be the goat. Um, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I listened to Tracy McGrady say in an interview that he can throw the ball 70 yards downfield on his knees, right? So I think what would be interesting to see is if we had like a Pro Bowl game for the NBA athletes, right? Because uh, I can't remember who it was. I, I think it was a Jason Kelsey interview where he was saying it's like NBA players could play in the NFL, but NFL players couldn't play in the NBA, right? Because like if you were good, you want to get the actual attention and you want to get the big money, right? So it'd be interesting to see NBA players trying to play, uh, uh, you know, football, maybe make it kind of like a pro-am mix, right? Where you actually have, you know, real linemen and maybe a real quarterback. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see the athleticism, right? How good would Allen Iverson be as a DB uh, or, or as a receiver, right? As a Wes Welker type role. I think that'd be interesting to watch. We would all like to see the answer playing DB. We, we absolutely would. All right. What about you, Leon? So I'm going to start by saying that the best all-star weekend of the big five is, is still the NBA. And I agree with Chris. It's not what it was when I was a kid by any means, but it's still the most exciting of all of them. And he's right. The three-point contest has, has become that. The dunk contest needs some work, but I've got two ideas here. As the, um, the elder statesman on said panel, um, 
I am all about OGs, man. We've got to get Reggie Miller and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Jamal Crawford and Ray Allen. We've got to find a way to get those guys involved. Now, obviously, we're not going to bring Larry Bird out there because Larry's 70 years old or whatever he is at this point. But the players that have only been out of the league from, a, you know, in that three to seven year window involved them in the three point contest. They did this a little bit with some legends in the past with a WNBA player, a veteran uh, player from that city. They did with Dominique and did it with a few others, but they need to be more involved. They're at, uh, they're there, get them involved. So I love to see the old school players of legends. That's one. Number two, outside the box. How many, and Cassie, you may have done this as well. Remember, when you had the one friend or the one area where it had a playground where the rim was nine foot, right? You played a game called dunk ball. So every player that's six, three and under the best of the best play a game of dunk ball. <laughs> you want to talk about excitement. Every play is a dunk. No one's shooting threes. Everyone's trying to dunk on someone and maybe you have to go six foot and under, I don't know, but a game of dunk ball, where, where you can't shoot jumpers, you just have to go to the hole, that would be really fun. So back in college, we, used, we, we found some eight-foot hoops and you played dunk ball. It's the best um, workout you can do. If you, want to, if you want to make sure by the end of the day someone is badly injured, <laughs> that's the game. <laughs> can you imagine back in the day, Muggsy and Spud Webb on an eight-foot or nine-foot goal going against yeah. the it would have been entertaining. That, entertaining. Was a, it just, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. We definitely did that. But also, like, mostly what we would do is, like, I would stay after practice and play against the boys so that I could be better. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, like, all my friends on the basketball team would uh, would actually stay after their practice on the on the guys' team and, and play with me because I – I mean, I'm only five nine, um, but I I did play post. So like, uh, by the time I was a junior and senior, I started getting shorter and shorter in that field. Um, I played against some some great uh, great athletes that went to went on to play, and um, yeah, I would say like that would be like really fun to have like the people that don't traditionally dunk like have a dunk ball contest. That would be a yeah. lot. Of fun. Oh, you're definitely taller and brewer so you got you got to beat there um and then and then Dunkin on talking about horse talking about horse i mean that used to be in the nba all-star game yeah right like pete maravich and those guys they would play horse it was not you're watching the old footage it was not the highlight of yeah yeah that's crazy pistol pete train man i like it man. <laughs> i like the idea of having old or like legends come in and and still play why can't larry Bird play i bet you he could still Larry Bird don't got it no more, man. I don't think he's got it. Larry no, Legend hasn't had it for a while, man. But <laughs> yeah, shout he's out working to Larry, on man. Him. Coldest white boy to ever shoot a basketball, man. Shout out to Larry Legend, man. Oh, man. Absolutely great round. Uh, look forward to watching your guys' all-star game because this sounds like a lot of fun. Before we get into our uh, next question, Wanted a word from our sponsor, Pat Hilton, over to Cousin The world is changing. <laughs> so is the world of business. It's never been easier to get your message out to the entire planet. 
Let me help you crack the code today. My name is Pat Hilton. My social media agency can produce you the same custom digital content that landed me on stage at the biggest business events in the world. I've rocked the roof off with the best digital marketers in the game. Getting social media content filmed and produced for your business is now as easy as ordering a cup of coffee and hopping on a video call with your friend. We find trending topics in your niche, coach you through recording in the comfort of your home or office, create engaging clips and graphics, then upload them online and manage all your social media pages. Bring your brand to life. Contact Acoustic Force Media today. All right. We are going to have a lighthearted uh, question here. No pun intended. Uh, with Valentine's Day passing, what's one thing you love about each panelist? Here we go. All right, Steve, start us off. Well, I mean, this is not a PTT question. I don't even know where this came from. <laughs> I need um, you to answer it, Steve. <laughs> all right. So uh, I will start off with Leon. Um, this is a guy, so long as it's legal and ethical, He'll do anything and everything to help you, right? There's nothing that you couldn't ask Leon for that he wouldn't do for you. I mean, he might not drive across the country to pick up, pick me up in my broken, broken down car, but there's a lot of things he would do for me. So I would say that about Leon. He's a good friend. Uh, CJ, uh, I love that no matter what's going on, he's always in DGAF mode. He's just constantly, perpetually in that mode. It doesn't matter what's going on. You can't phase him. Right. Good things, bad things. It is what it is. Right. Except for affordable housing. Outside of affordable housing, <laughs> constant DGAF mode. All right. Um, and, then, and then Cassie, you know, like it takes a true patron saint to work in that organization. Right. Like to have to be business partners with Travis Kelsey coming in and bumping you every other hour and screaming in your face. I think it takes a lot. Right. So I would say I appreciate that about Cassie. She's got, uh, you know, uh, Nicole has to deal with some craziness with Matthew. Mm. Um, Paul, I have enough craziness for uh, my wife, my kids and everyone that works here. Um, so they get to, like you know, split that. But, yeah, Cassie's able to handle <laughs> handle RJ. So kudos to you. Indeed. We, we all give big ups to Cassie here. We, we definitely do for the shenanigans she has to put up with. All right, Leon, what about you? Favorite thing for each panelist? Thank you, Steve. That was very kind of you. Uh, so I won't try to kick you too hard. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to put these two together. I'm actually going to put Steve and uh, CJ together. Um, That's and a first. Why. And here's why. Steve wants to create... 100 millionaires and chris is actually creating millionaires <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking of course the impact that these two guys are having and care about creating wealth through real estate uh, they both truly do care and the word that i can think of for both of them is impact and so i put them together because i see them one and the same when it comes to helping individuals uh, grow their real estate operation, whether that's a part-time situation or a full-time situation. They want to help, genuinely help others grow their businesses. And I'm going to put Cassie and RJ together because I didn't know Cassie was on today. I thought it was RJ. So I prepared this for RJ, but I will say this about knowing both of them. 
they are 100% unequivocally always themselves. There is never fake, any fake, when it comes to RJ and Cassie. They're real about what they do, and they do not shy away from, you know, what, what it is they know they're laser focused on. They are always 100%, good or bad, <laughs> I'm saying that toward RJ, not toward you, Cassie, good or bad, <laughs> they're always themselves. There we go. Insightful Leon. We are happy that he is back on the show. We like that. And just wanted to note, he was prepared for RJ. Like, this is how prepared Leon is for every show. He's always <laughs> prepared. All right, Cassie, what about you? So I would say that first and foremost, like, I do have to, like, make a panel comment. I'm usually a viewer, a spectator, a fan on this panel, and... There's, there's so many things that I could say that, that hit everybody on this panel. Uh, I love everybody's brains, their sense of humor, their drive. Like we're so aligned on making an impact in this industry. So there's just so many things that I love about everybody on this panel. Um, but, 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 but I have, uh, specifically with Steve, I, I love how dry and like <laughs> I, I it is one of my favorite things in the world not animated like from the moment i met him i was like he does not get credit for how damn funny he is he is one of the funniest people i have ever met like in it i mean it gets me every time steve's ability to just be like so stoic and say the funniest things and he's so underestimated on that front like people don't even realize how funny he is. And I'm not saying people don't realize he's funny, but I think he's one of the most hilarious people I've ever met. Um, so especially with Steve's humor, uh, from the day I met him, that was my favorite thing uh, on day one, even though I've I've loved many more things about Steve since. Um, with CJ, I got to go with Steve on this one. Like my biggest thing with C CJ is always just like, he is like Snoop Dogg chill 24-7. Like, it should be 14. DJ, like, it, like it he is, yeah, he is unfazed. And, like, I even when he is, like, on one, he is still chill. Like, it is, it is hilarious to me. But, like, that is one of my favorite things outside of the brains and the humor of everybody. And with Leon, I would say my favorite thing about Leon is he is a nerd. Like, I love that we have a nerd because I'm a nerd. Like, I know, I know Steve is a nerd and CJ is a little bit of a nerd. He'd be reading manuals and manuscripts. <laughs> but, like, Leon is, like, a little nerd after my own heart. Like, I could totally, like, I I could be library friends with Leon. So, those library are those friends are great. Hey, that's, I'll take that as an ultimate compliment because... You guys heard me say the most underutilized resource in America is the public library. So thank yep. you for that. I that's an ultimate compliment. All right. It, it all comes down to CJ now. Like, CJ, <laughs> well, what do you love about the panelists here? What's, what's so crazy here is, uh, you know, I didn't read the questions. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, just yeah, you know, I'm just gonna preface with that. So I, you know, there's no preparation here. I didn't know that these were uh, the questions until uh, you know until we started. Um, I'll start with uh, Cassie, man, ladies first. Uh, in all seriousness, so what I, here's what I love about Cassie for knowing her a little bit over the years. 
there's a lack of strong women presence in the business. Uh, and Cassie shows up with that everywhere. Uh, there's not like a fear or apprehension walking into rooms, right? Uh, when you're in a minority position, right, uh, it, it can be difficult when you enter into spaces that are dominated by people that are different than you. And it takes a different level of strength, I think, to rise above that. I know, rather, to rise above that uh, and experience and, and kind of be yourself uh, in those rooms. And as I think we can all agree, you know, Cassie and RJ are certainly going to be there. They're Texas, you know, hockey sticking, you know, <laughs> hockey jersey wearing folk. Uh, anywhere they go. Uh, and I like that. I got a lot of respect for that. Um, I got to I got to get let me write that down. I'm like, I got to get hockey uh, rollerblades for RJ uh, for Christmas this year. I might finally give him a gift. Uh, Steve, um, I got to shout Steve out. Uh, for being resilient from observation, right? Steve's talked a lot about uh, in the last year or two, dealing with his own struggles, uh, fighting through different things in business. Uh, but, you know, I see a guy that keeps showing up, keeps fighting, keeps making things happen, pivoting where needed. Um, so shout out to Steve for being a resilient person. I think business and entrepreneurship is an incredibly easy thing to give up on uh, or make excuses for. And uh, I don't hear excuses when I talk to Steve. Uh, I just hear, you know, responsibility and using his uh, pivot foot. Uh, so shout out to Steve on that. Uh, Leon, <clears throat> um, you know, I th nerd, I think, is a good word. Uh, you know, I think what's cool now, you know, is nerd doesn't have the same connotation it used to. Uh, so I do respect and appreciate Leon. I love about Leon. I like to nerd out, but I'm like, I'm like in the closet with my nerdness, <laughs> you know, uh, you got to pay attention to me a little bit to be like, okay, this guy's kind of informed, uh, you know, with Leon, he wears it like a boy scout uniform, man. You know, <laughs> Potter, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, you know, at least when I was growing up, man, you know what I'm saying? I joined the scouts real quick because they said we could shoot BB guns. <laughs> All right. a pocket knife, uh, but, bro. Pocket knife. Don't yeah, forget that. But I got to the camp. They took. I got sent to a camp for a couple of days, Potter. I called my mom from 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 the first night. You know, they had me sleeping on a cot, bro. And that's not my vibes, right? They had me sleeping <laughs> on a cot. There were bugs coming in the tent, so I had to bounce, bro, because they had no guns available the first day. So I left. I just I never went back. All right. Uh, but like, there was those kids, man. That like they came to school with the boy scout uniform on and stood tall right like the jrt jrotc kids or however you say it uh leon's one of those guys i like that about leon uh a lot shout out to the scouts and uh people that want to be in the military but don't um and then potter um you know i gotta shout potter out man because he's got positive energy at all times i uh, wish i really appreciate uh like if i'm ever having a bad day which I'm not, right? I don't have bad days, but if I was to have a bad day, uh, I'd probably call Potter first. Uh, I'm sure he's going to say something to make me laugh or be in better spirits. Uh, the dude's energy is always up. Uh, I don't know if he's, you know, maybe it's Booger Sugar, maybe it's Red Bull, right? You know, who knows, right? Who knows? It's 2024. I'm not here to I'm not here to judge anyone's indulgences. You know what I mean? Uh, so shout out, shout out to Potter. Uh, but that, that's why I love everybody here.
Well done. You know why uh, nerds are no longer seen like they were in the 80s, you know, with the pocket protectors and yeah. all those things? You know why that is? Uh, they're not looked down upon because all their bank accounts start with Bs. Mm, that's true. <laughs> nerds that's rule true. the world, my friend. So that's true. look right. at any of those 80s and 90s pocket protectors. Have you ever seen that old photo of Jeff Bezos uh, at his uh, desk with a spray-painted yeah. sign that said Amazon on it. He had, before he went bald and got all buff, he's a nerd, but he just happens to be a very wealthy one now. There you go. Change, yeah. change the look. I'll, like, seriously, everybody shout out to, to Potter. Yeah. Potter and Nicole are pretty much my spirit animals. Um, yeah, like, we should we should all show them some love. For sure. That that was a good point. I did write it down. I just forgot to say it. <laughs> I, got you, I got you back. I got you back. Yep. I'll second that. Nicole's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Looks like Steve's losing <laughs> points. <laughs> Man, I'm going to beat earlier. someone. <laughs> the re representation matters. To have Cassie, you know, Chris, Steve, you know, on this panel, that's, you know, representation matters in every industry, but especially in this industry. I'm, you, I am firmly on the record of wanting more female boss ladies in the collective genius community. We don't have enough. Um, and I know they're out there um, and we want more uh, because, you know, there's representation matters. And Cassie, thank you for representing all the female boss ladies out there. Woo! Yeah, I second that. And I, I mean, in talking to RJ, right, like uh, RJ, uh, I, I, my experience is similar to myself, is similar to CJ, because I've seen CJ's operations and, and Potter. And that were great ideas, guys. <laughs> but someone actually has to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Implementation right? <And> matters. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so Cassie, from my conversation with RJ, does a really good job uh, of that. And then um, I, I feel like we have to give a shout out to um, Happy Gilmore. Right? <laughs> like, uh, I didn't know RJ was going to be here. I forgot. And I, I can only picture the scene of him just getting going to the batting cage with his <laughs> hockey outfit. <laughs> and I think we have to get because I think that would be RJ. I think RJ would go to the batting cage in his yeah. shirt with nothing underneath it, just to just to get belted, belted with that. So. Hit hit by baseballs. Three hundred and sixty-four yeah. more days. What I what I love too about RJ, you know, I remember the first time I met RJ. Not really, right? But <laughs> you know. I remember around the dump, right? And, uh, you know, one thing I do love about RJ is uh, I remember watching, uh, you know, we're doing one of these shows with y'all. And I was watching RJ for a second and I was just like, oh, he thinks he's really on TV. All right. <laughs> All right, man. He takes this thing really serious, man. And I, I, what I like about RJ, what I love about RJ, is I think he takes that level of approach to everything that he does. I'm not mm -hmm. saying he does it well, right? I'm not. I'm not saying he does a great job. At, yeah, I'm not saying that. He's, he's got a long way to go. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. But he, I think he he plays games like he's practicing. Like he's one of those guys, right? He practices like he's in a game, and I got a lot of respect for people like that. Uh, so RJ's somewhere right now. You know, he's got the Andy Reid snot. <laughs> frozen snot in his beard you know he's probably you know what i don't know what the the poor beers are these days is it is it pbr is that 
He's probably you know what he's got. He's got a he's got a blue Miller. Uh, what is blue one? A uh, Bud Light. He's got a he's got a Bud Light. I know RJ's got a Bud Light for sure. I know RJ's got a Bud Light and a Disney movie on the iPad from kids right now, man. So big shout out to RJ, man. So two last um, things. I know we I know we slap you around a little bit, Steve, um, but the platform that you have given us all here and also with the disruptors in general, my man, that's a major love shout out to you for that. I don't think you get enough credit for, I, I talk to people daily that say, Hey, I've heard about you guys through Steve Trang and all of the guests. So you've given us all the platform and I really appreciate that. And then uh, we forgot to give a shout out to Pat Hilton. Today's his birthday and Yo, happy birthday. Big Pat. And he also makes us look really good. Yeah. Uh, on a lot of these PTD promos that he's been doing here lately to us for us, so uh, shout out to Pat. Thanks. Yeah, you know what she just made me think of? Something happened earlier today. I wasn't going to tell Steve, but since we're talking about wearing the spirit of love today, oh, Steve, I'm, I'm talking to somebody earlier today. I wasn't going to. I really wasn't going to tell you this. And uh, <laughs> this guy walks up to me on the street, and he's like, he's like, hey, I think I saw you somewhere. He's like, somebody said that you do real estate. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, dude, do you know Steve Trang? <laughs> and I said, what? This just happened today. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to inflate your ego. Because you know? <laughs> I, th I thought the guy recognized me, right? <laughs> and uh, he, didn't, he didn't know who I He had no idea who I was, right? He, he just said that he saw me in a video with a guy he thinks Named Steve Trang and the excitement that this guy had saying your name. I'm like, I, you know, I got I wish I, I wish I would have got his, his well, I wouldn't have gave him my number, but I maybe <laughs> I wish I would have got his Instagram handle <laughs> and I could send him a message and ask him why he was so geeked about Steve Trang. Uh, but uh, you know what? I, I said, hey, now nah, he's a friend of mine. All right. I said, Steve Trang's a friend of mine. So shout out to Steve for sure, man. There you go. Steve's coast to coast, man. He, he is. Like Steve, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. Steve, Steve, believe it. Steve's the brother that everybody has. Like everybody feels like Steve's their brother, which is a good, which is a good place to be. All right. So final tally today, we have Mr. Richmond VA, the champion for affordable housing, Middle America. Chris Jefferson wins today. He does. Oh man. He, um, yeah, shout out to affordable housing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to RJ being somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> with the Disney logo on his jersey, <laughs> watching right now, saying to himself, "God, I, I, I should have just did it today." Um, Cassie, you're a much better guest than RJ. <laughs> All right, we wish we could just keep you and uh, let RJ yell from the background, but you know, you know how it goes. It's always good to win. I'll start my outro first, so I can get out of here. Uh, much love to everybody. <laughs> bye to the people, Potter. Bye to the people. And uh, RJ, I'll see you soon, man. I'll see you soon. All right. All right. Steve, say <laughs> bye to the people. Great show as always. I think that, again, the conversation was a lot better. You know, there's, I'm not going to highlight the reason why. I'm just going to say the conversation <laughs> was a lot better. So it was a pleasant day, fun day. Happy Valentine's Day. I know it's one day late, but happy Valentine's Day, all you guys watching. Are, are we going to remove RJ? from the PTD chat and just drop Cassie in now. We'll, we'll, we'll take that offline. Okay. <laughs> Leon, say bye to the people. Bye, people. Great show today. Um, and in the spirit of Valentine's Day, just always know that I love you all. It doesn't mean I have to like you always, but I love you all. There we go. 
Leon, man, always. <laughs> the the youngest looking 47-year-old on the planet for sure. Cassie, say bye <laughs> to the people. People, it was great being here today. I'm honored at the miles, the historic milestone we've hit today. First PTD female panelist. I'm just gonna own that forever. Big deal. Big deal. Um, I appreciate you guys. Next Thursday is my birthday. So I want to shout out for all of our February friends here. Um, you know, RJ is going to be back next Thursday and he's, he's probably going to be, uh, he's way worse at, uh, shit talking than I am, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Happy birthday to Steve too. (laughs) Happy birthday to Steve. Happy birthday to Um, yeah, I, I definitely kept it a little bit lighter today um, than maybe RJ does. He turns really red. So expect that red-faced bearded man uh, to be back next Thursday. But I'm, I'm really grateful to be on today. Uh, it's a great time. Thank you all. All right, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed uh, our episode today. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.